I'm standing on the Mountain of Beatitudes. This is the place where Jesus delivered the Sermon on the Mount just behind me. And just behind me goes all the way in like an amphitheater-like place all the way down to the Sea of Galilee. And so what would have happened is thousands of people could have gathered because the water would have pushed the sound back. Jesus would have sat up above them. He would have sat down on a mountain. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 that he sat down and began to teach. And then he gives us eight attitudes, the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And he goes on and on and tells us the attitudes that a kingdom man or a kingdom woman should have. And then the other thing that I wanted to point out here is that he said, you're the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Here's what's crazy. There's a city right over here to my right that is hidden from our view right now, but you'll see in just a second. And from where he was standing right below me, you could have seen it. And so when we read things in the Bible, what we read is like, that's cool, it's symbolism. But Jesus was actually pointing at the city up on the hill that couldn't be hidden, Safed. It wasn't like a place that we think, yes, we should light up our world. It was literally a place that at nighttime they would light things up and they were not hidden. They were above. They were, they were in a place where everybody knew that they were. And so there's so many things in those Matthew 5, 6, and 7 that we can reference and we can know about. Uh, but there's just a couple today that I want us to know. Two things that we're going to look at. What does it look like to be the city on a hill that can't be hidden? And what are the attitudes that Christ wanted us to understand that were the foundational principles of His kingdom that had come? I'm excited to bring this word to you today from the mountain of attitudes, from the mountain of beatitudes. Now open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5 as we get started. Up everybody. How's everybody doing on this Valentine's Day? Yeah. Okay. Awesome Valentine's. Anyone call it that? I need honesty in this place. Anyone call it that growing up with an M, Valentine's Day? I need y'all to not lie to me because I know some of y'all called it. Thank you. Somebody was honest up in here. Okay. So l let me just jump right in and get started. If you missed last week, I encourage you to go back and watch uh, last week's message. Um, it'll, it's online at fourpoints.org. But listen, how many of you guys, let me just see your hands. I need some participation early on this morning. How many of y'all are married? Let me, see, let me see the married people who are about to get married. Keep your hands up if you're already married. You're about to get married. All right, so we got, we got some people in here that are married. Okay, so I need y'all to talk to me, and I need everybody else to consider this marriage counseling. Hashtag, you're welcome. Okay. How many of y'all know the feeling of being married and not feeling in love? Come on, somebody. Y'all are lying. I know it's Valentine's Day. Praise the Lord in the back. I see you. Can I see that hand? Yes, I saw it. Okay. But we know the feeling. And anyone that says that you don't know the feeling, you have been married or you are married or you might get married, you need to know that sometimes when your spouse wakes up and you feel ah, ah, breathing all over your face and you looking for a tic-tac or something up in that mug, come on somebody, y'all know what I mean in this place today. You don't have that feeling of what you hope to feel, brides, on your wedding night with the roses all over the room. That's what we want. We all want that feeling of, it is just glorious today, praise the Lord, right? And, and, and most of us desire that feeling, and here's what's crazy. Christianity, following Jesus, is a picture of marriage. It's a picture of what it's like to be married. And if I divorce my wife or she divorces me, every time we don't feel in love, dear, 
goodness in heaven, if y'all know what I'm talking about. It's happened a lot, okay? Especially her toward me, I'm sure, because I'm not always kind. But let's just leave that at that and keep moving. But, but so many of us, so many of us are like, duh. We get that in marriage. But we're not duh, we get that in Jesus. The thing that's so beautiful about marriage, if you let it be, is the spontaneity and the unknown. That's what makes it crazy because I'm just letting y'all in on this little secret. I'm a man, okay? You're welcome for, at least if you didn't learn anything else, you learned that, right? I'm a man and women are not like me. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? Like I walk in and go, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're thinking. Somebody needs to talk to me. I know it's Valentine's Day. I'm, I'm going to get you out the doghouse in a minute. Don't worry. But I don't know what you're thinking. And some of y'all didn't get a Valentine's Day gift. This is free. I was waiting till after church and you need to go to the drugstore. Somebody, okay, that's free. But, but, but the spontaneity is what makes it exciting. It's what makes it beautiful. It's the unknown. And, 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 and whenever you let that be okay, that she doesn't always know what I'm thinking and she's in a Rubik's Cube and I pretty much give it like it's supposed to be. And sometimes I get the oranges twisted with the blues and I can't really figure out what's supposed to happen here. And she looks at me and goes, why do you just say that? That's rude, right? And sometimes when I'm looking at each other, God made us amazingly for man and woman to be together and he knows that's the way that it is. And we get frustrated and we go, I'm just not in love anymore, so I'm leaving, I'm out. And I know that some of y'all, that's not, I'm not picking on divorce today. I'm, that's, not, that's not what this is. I'm talking about love. And, and, and so many of us want to feel love. I need y'all to know that sometimes it does feel, and sometimes it is fun, and sometimes it's just a reality that it's a commitment and a covenant with God that I have made. And if you need to feel every single day of your life, some days do not feel love. Amen. <laughs> I was hoping y'all wouldn't leave me on the stage by myself. And here's what I really believe is that's the way that it is with Jesus, but it's a whole lot easier to walk away from him because no one can see him. We only see the effects of him. We only see the fact that his spirit is living in my life. And so the spontaneity of my Christianity and the fact that I don't know everything that he wants me to know. And no matter how many times I read his book, the word the living God, no matter how many times I study it, no matter how many times I dive deep, I am not God and he is not me. And his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And if I need him to get on my level, well, then we're going to have a hard time because even when he came on this level, he who knew no sin became sin so that I could be his righteousness. And the problem is my relationship with God consists of this. I just got to feel it. And today I don't feel it. So I can't praise through. Nobody. Is it just me? I, 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 I don't feel it today, so I'm not going to pray. I don't believe what MC Hammer says, that I got to pray just to make it today. Only the old people in here know what I'm talking about. Come on, 90s people. And, and so because of that, that I just lose Jesus. Listen to me. Don't miss this. Don't miss this because it's going to be really important in a minute. When you lose Jesus for this long and you just step back and say, today I don't feel it. Maybe I will tomorrow. All hell comes against you. And when we believe that it's no big deal, we open ourselves up to things that if we could see in the spiritual realm, we would say, God, help us what is going on. But we don't. And we don't feel it. And we walk away. And here's the deal. Many of you and many of me, there's one of me, but, but me, have said in the past, God, I don't understand. I don't get it. Why, why did I end up here? And I just explained how I ended up there. And then we want to act. Don't miss this. This is huge. We want to act the right 
wait. And when I begin to try to act the right way and miss the spirit of the living God who put his, the spirit of Jesus is in you, Christ follower, non-Christ follower, this is marriage counseling. Just give me a second because we're going to get to you in a minute. But for every one of you that know Jesus, this is marriage counseling inside marriage because you are a follower of Jesus Christ and I am his bride and he is my bridegroom and this is what we need up in this place. When I need and I want to know and I'm desiring to know why do I not have the characteristics of Christ out, blowing out of me? How did I end up in this crud, this mess, this junk that I'm in? That's how. Because I took my eye off of Jesus for one second and said, I don't feel it today. And this is it. Listen, we always pray these prayers. You're never supposed to say always in marriage, by the way. Always and never. No, no. So don't say that. But I'm going to say it in this case. I always pray prayers like this. God bless me. Bless this food to our body. Did you know it's already blessed? And do you know why that I know it's already blessed? Because he said that you are blessed. He covered you in his blessing. He clothed you in his glory and honor is what Psalm chapter 8 says. He made you a little bit lower than Elohim himself and crowned you with himself. His stuff is all over you. So when I go out and I say, God, I'm in a mess. I need your blessing. He looks at you and says, you are my blessing. And so every second, every second, that I struggle through the same things in life. And can I just be honest with y'all? I walked in here today and I didn't feel like praising through. Because yesterday was just, was just a, a pretty much a relaxed day. I was ready to just do my thing. I, stayed, I was ready to stay in my PJs all day. I was excited about the Gamecocks and they got housed. If anybody saw that, bless the Lord. But then the devils came back, come on, and took, did their thing. And so it made my day and it was all good. But you know that that those two games really didn't matter when I got a phone call from our drummer, who I love dearly, who, listen, don't doubt, and God has began to do an unbelievable work in his life, and he called me and said, hey, man, my boy's been hitting the head with, with a big, huge branch that was about this big that fell down, and he's got a skull fracture. Like yesterday. And so life, as it's going along, and as long as everything's in my way and in my time and in my glory and it's good and I can feel it and I can praise through and I can jump around and I can get sweaty and everything's good and I can feel like dancing with Jesus, then I'm going to dance with Jesus. But the minute that hell comes against me, and listen to this, don't miss this, every step that you take toward hell comes against you at that level. And so let me be honest with you. I was actually, I drove home from the hospital last night in Greenville and I was very encouraged. I didn't tell them this because I didn't think the time was appropriate, but... I just believe that the enemy is going after the territory that they have, and I believe it's great. But for some of you this week, the enemy's come after you, and you said, I don't feel like it anymore, and you turned off Jesus, and you turned on whatever he had. And some of y'all have heard me talk about before, like Ouija boards, and stuff like that scares me because it brings the enemy into your life. But can I tell you something? Everything other than Jesus is a Ouija board. Because the enemy uses anything and everything as long as you'll take your eye off of Jesus. And we ought to be just as afraid of any of those things and every one of those things. Nothing is evil on its own. With few exceptions, there are certainly evil things. But almost everything when it hits you is neutral. Almost everything, there's certainly evil. But almost everything's neutral and then it hits your eyes. And if you covet over it, if you lust over it, if you desire it and it takes the place of that desire for Jesus because you don't feel it anymore, then it overwhelms you. And that blessing that you are becomes a curse. And when you walk out, they know that you've acknowledged Jesus with your lips. 
But a kingdom man and a kingdom woman, you are, listen, but it's not God's kingdom. It's the kingdom of the prince of the power of the air and the enemy of this world. And this battle is not flesh and blood. And for every one of us that think that we can fight a little bit harder and do it, I'm with you. Can I just be honest with y'all as your pastor? I'm with you in the frustration. So many times I've said, God, I'm going to do better today. Please don't ever tell God you're going to do better. Tell God this one thing. God, you can have all of me today. Guess what? He's going to do better. Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the spirit that lives inside of you. And he's already got it. It's under his feet, but it's not under yours. Until he's in you and exploding out of you. And he is in you. But this is the beauty and the curse of choice. There's always consequences tied. And my choice with being filled with the Holy Spirit when I don't feel it is no different than my choice of loving through with my wife. Because Satan and all his demons and all of hell are coming against my marriage. And there's never been a marriage. I want y'all to lean in and hear this. There's never been a marriage that's failed without an amazing attack from the enemy. But we miss it because he's a jerk. We miss it because she's a jerk. We miss it because of all that they've done. I'm not blaming y'all, and this is not accusation. Gracious, whatever that word I'm trying to say. This is, I'm not accusing you, praise the Lord, right? I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm telling you. I'm not saying this isn't your fault because the Bible says that no temptation has taken me except that which is common to man. And Jesus faced all of them. And he said, I've got you and out. You got me. And you can overcome any of those, but not on your own. And so Jesus on the side of this mountain is declaring these things. And we read over them and we're like, I don't read that, right? Anybody else? You're like, I, I, I didn't read any of this. This is a declaration of independence. This is the Bill of Rights. This is who you are in Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. This is good stuff right here. This is who you are. This is not what you're trying to become. If you wake up tomorrow morning and say, I'm going to be poor in spirit, you're not going to be poor in spirit. If you wake up tomorrow morning and say, I'm going to mourn, and I'm going to hunger and thirst for righteousness, and I'm going to be meek, and I'm going to be merciful, you will not for very long because you'll stop feeling like it. But when he, the spirit of the living God, is exploding out of you, it changes everything. And so I just want for a minute to teach you what these things mean and show you how it literally changes everything and how you can change the world. But it's not by trying harder. It's by letting him have it. Will y'all pray with me, God, in these, in these few moments? Will you just use your word? That is the power. That is the map. That is the light. Will you use your word and not my lips? Will you use your word to change us from the inside out so that we are the blessing where we live, work, and play, and we don't look for the blessing, chase the blessing. We have it. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, if you got your Bibles, turn there. If you don't, open your notes. If you don't have notes, you got a, a worship guide. If you don't have a worship guide, right on your hand. Come on, somebody, right? Matthew chapter 5, it says, Seeing the crowds, he went up on that mountain that I was standing on. And sat down, and his disciples came to him. And he looked around, and opening his mouth, these are the things that Jesus said. Listen, this is big. Verse 3 says, blessed, blessed, covered, just like the blessing that he gave Israel when they went out of Egypt and they claimed their promised land under Joshua. Blessed are you, and this is your promised land. This is your kingdom promise. You get to walk as a promised land people. You don't have to be defeated. The enemy cannot have you. It's under your feet when you're in Jesus Christ, when he's exploding out of you. So you, promised land people, blessed are you who are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit equals humble, humility, lack of pride. And listen, not just pride like look at me, not just pride like 
a certain person who might have had a debate last night and it rhymes with Donald Trump. Not just that guy, okay? I'm not down on Donald, so don't get mad at me. But he's a little bit prideful if you know what I'm talking about, right? Not just that, though. Not just I can fix all this and I'm the man and I'm the man and I'm the man. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Not just that, okay? Not just that kind of pride, but also I can't. Did you know that's pride in the same exact way, in the same exact manner? It just puts on a different hat, a different mask, and it changes it because you're telling God that he can't, and you're telling God on this side, I don't need you. And either way, we don't need God because we got it ourselves. And he says, listen, this is the one who is a blessed person, who is a kingdom person, who lives a blessed and covered life. The person that knows who you are and knows how fallen you are, but knows what he is and knows what he can and knows that he wants to and knows that there is no limit to what the God of the universe will do through me when he has all of me. So I start walking in my calling. I start walking out. And people look at me and say, isn't that that same dude? This is what they said about Jesus. Isn't that Jesus? That carpenter's son? Nope. I'm the righteousness of God. I do not care what you saw me do. I don't care what you've seen me been. I don't care all the things that you used to say about me. I don't care about all those things. I care about one thing. The spirit of God is inside of me. And he's wanting to come out. And all the people that think that I am what I used to be. He's this. He's this. He's this. Let them say it. They're going to say it anyway. Just keep walking. But if I don't. I find myself killing the ones that Jesus wants me to save in Jesus' name. And does that sound like light or dark? When I'm killing them, does it sound like light or dark? Darkness. Darkness. It's interesting because you'll see in a minute that he called you to be the light. He didn't call, he didn't call you to do like this over that light. Verse 4. By the way, he says, yours. Claim it in Jesus' name is the kingdom of heaven. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yours is the kingdom. Blessed are you who mourn, for you'll be comforted. And people read this, and I've heard it at funerals before. When you mourn over death, you'll be comforted. Listen, here's the truth. You will be because the Holy Spirit is called the comforter by Jesus. In John 14, 15, 16, he's called the comforter. But this isn't that. This is this. When I see who I am, when I see who I was, when I see where I've been, does that mean I'm never going to sin anymore? Absolutely not. But it means that I desperately want to chase Jesus. It doesn't mean that I'm keeping a list of rules. I'm never going to do this. No, 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 It means that I know because he's the convictor. And that is not a point down, I am convicting you. That is guilt. And it always comes from Satan, but he pulls you out. He pulls you toward. He brings you like a shepherd, takes a sheep who's, who's straying away and takes his staff and pulls them back in line. That is what that is. And when I know, then I feel this morning, this deep, deep morning of I never want to be that again. I will sin week multiple times, but I will feel a deep sadness. And he will comfort me and convict me and bring me home. And I feel it toward the world. And here's the difference, and I do not want you to miss this, because if you want to see me not have kingdom attitudes, this is one quick way that it'll happen. When churches, Lord have mercy, help me through this in Jesus' name. When I see churches that hate groups of people because they are gay, and when I see churches who hate groups of people because they have abortions or they don't, or when I see churches who hate Republicans or Democrats and all that is on their timeline is Republicans stink, Democrats stink, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Let me tell you who I mourn for. Christians 
who live outside and believe if they stand outside and picket and they stand outside and point and they believe that all the things that they do are make them what is righteous. No, it's Jesus. It's his spirit inside of me. And I mourn for you, person. Y'all aren't in here, so I'm not talking to you. But I mourn for you. And do you know why? Listen, I got to keep going, but this is big. Because that is an enemy spirit just as much as sex, drugs, and rock and roll, somebody. That is just as much of a spirit because he will use what seems good and make me believe that it's my righteousness and it's actually my works. And it is killing me. And it's robbing me of going to my promised land in Jesus' name. And I say to God, God, look at all these things I've done. I'm good. I'm the man. Oh, yeah. Because of that. I'm not humble. And God opposes the proud but gives grace to the, y'all know it, it says it's humble, so you can say it. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. humble. I, I'd like to have a little bit of that grace today, a little bit of his love, a little bit of his favor over my life. You know what's amazing? He says you are the favor. That's literally what this word means in Hebrew. You have the favor. You are the favor. You're walking as the favored ones of God. But when I walk as a proud man, the after effects begin to come this. And I'm not mourning for anything except my next thing. And I begin to covet what you have. And I begin to kill you in my heart. And then talk to me out loud so I don't feel like my zipper's undone and I'm standing up here alone. Let's make sure it's not first, right? Y'all know that feeling when you really want to do good for God? And you've, you've had that emotional feeling, I'm in love with Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And the spontaneity of life starts happening. And you get tired, and you get frustrated, and your boss is an absolute jerk. Sorry, everybody that works here. And all the things start happening. That's too loud, because you do work here. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Blessings. And if you struggle with gossip, you find yourself looking for the people that talk bad about you on social media. You know what I'm talking about? And you get really mad and you say, I can't believe those sorry mugs. I'm an unfriend of some that ain't follow me and they should have liked my status. <laughs> but in Jesus' name, I'm praying for you today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Or if you struggle with lust, you've done really good for like two weeks and you're like, I got this. That's awesome. I got it. And then you see this little pop-up. Anybody know what I'm talking about in this place? And you didn't mean to. Just, just a little click. That's all it is. But you didn't exit out, did you? And you tithe for like a month. And you know that there's a spirit over your money. As soon as it hits your hands, either God's spirit, because you were obedient, or the spirit of the world, like, he won't care. He knows my heart. That's exactly right, somebody. And if you gave so that he wasn't mad at you, you missed the point anyway. It's a blessing that I get to give 10% to him and watch him do miracles after miracles after miracles. And if you want to know faith, and this might be too big for some of y'all, and y'all might not like this, but it's when you start sowing that seed on the back end after the scarecrow of your seed, that's your first 10%, goes away. And it's, and it's guarding that seed, and I start giving a little bit more. And y'all don't need to know how much because it doesn't matter. But when I start watching God do miracles in my life because I'm just, I'm just saying this is yours, and I can't believe how much you're blessing me, and my whole life is a covering. But, but you know what? When, when I start slipping because I don't feel like it, I keep it all for myself.
And then I wonder, how is this evil in my home? Well, I invited it. And then some of y'all that struggle with medicinal things because you thought you had cataracts. Come on, somebody up in this house. Sorcery is literally the word, and it's the same word, pharmakia. And we're inviting the enemy into our homes. And we say things like this, but I get in this spiritual place. Do you know why you get in a spiritual place? Because you invited spirits into your place. Was that a good drop the mic time? Right, because you don't get it every time I try to feel like it. And I walk away, I've invited the spirit, uh, the enemy of the darkness of this world into my home. And I say, how did I end up here? You ended up there because you made a decision. And you thought that if I could just feel like it every day, I don't feel like it today. But I'm praising through and I'm so grateful, God, what an amazing sovereign covering you put over Mason Smith last night, I'm so grateful. And what an amazing gift of God I had this morning by getting up and having breath in my lungs and getting to have the thing that I had for breakfast and getting to have the thing that I'm gonna have for lunch and getting to walk and play and do the things that I do. And you know what? If I go home, for me to live as Christ, but to die as gain. And that's okay too, because God has for me a place that I will live forever and ever and ever. But as soon as I get temporal, and that happens every time I'm emotional, and I stay in that emotion wanting everything to feel good. Then I find myself in this darkness and I go, I thought I was doing good. That's never been the goal. The goal is for you to be the blessing, to be a kingdom man or woman, to spread his light over all the earth, not, not to, to make much of me, not to make much of any man or any woman, not to make much of you, but the one that saved you from you. He's worth it all. And then listen to this, blessed are those who are meek. For they inherit the earth. Your inheritance is what's on the line. It's a big deal. And listen, this is what it means. That word literally means, if we could translate it right from the Greek, like a horse that is unbridled that becomes bridled. And so meekness is not weakness. Meekness is power under control. It's someone that doesn't just shoot off at the mouth. Let me tell you who needs meekness in their life. Come on, Mark, talk to him right now. I need meekness because I naturally come in and I just am a bull in a china shop. Young people, ask your mamas what that means. I'm a bull in a china shop. I'm just tearing everything apart. But when the Holy Spirit of God begins to cover you and fill you and overflow out of you, that mouth that wants to shoot off becomes this calm over you. And when that person cuts you off and you want to show them that they're number one, <laughs> you just smile and nod and keep going. And every time that happens, people are like, I never hear from God. You did that day that you didn't do what your flesh naturally wanted to do. And you need to praise God because you think that he speaks in this voice like this. You are my son. Right? It's almost like Darth Vader, but he's good. And you think, oh, right? That's not God. If y'all hear God like that, I need y'all to come talk to me because we might need an exorcist somebody in this place. But like, that's not God. God's going to speak to you through those things. His spirit, he is, he is a gentleman and he loves you and he's ready to rescue you at all times. But so many of us want to be meek and we say, today I'm going to be meek and then something comes in our life and we're gone. Pew, he gone. And that can't be how it is because why? You lose your inheritance when you try to fill you. You are a kingdom man and a kingdom woman, but not for your kingdom, for his kingdom and his glory and his power and your good. Because it's way better than you can imagine. Verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for his righteousness. He leads me down a path of righteousness for whose namesake? His, his namesake, Psalm 23. 
And when you hunger and thirst for this, and I'm not talking about don't miss this. I'm not talking about you, you're in the Bible every day because, listen, some of you are in the Bible every day. But you're letting the spirit and the enemy overwhelm you. And that will confuse you more than anything else until he's the only thing filling you. If, you, if all you do is stay in the spirit world and you, and you got like weird Nirvana stuff playing all the time. Some of you don't even know who Nirvana is. But if you got all that stuff playing and it's like this voodoo stuff and you're, and you're raving and I love Jesus. That ain't going to happen. You're, not, you're, you're just wanting to feel your way through. And you're hoping for the next I feel in love feeling. And some days you're going to miss reading in the Bible, but you can absolutely be filled with the Holy Ghost. You know how I know that? Because they didn't have Bibles that they were walking around with back then. Did y'all know that? Did you know Peter wasn't coming out going, but bam, I got my Holy Spirit Bible right here. I'm going to read in 1 Peter. Wait, that's me, right? I don't think that that was happening. Right? Some of y'all are going to get it later. Y'all can tell your neighbor if they don't get it. They had the Spirit of God in them. And listen, don't you dare not read your Bible because I said that, but read your Bible because you get to, not because you got to. I love getting in God's Word, but not so I'm better, but so that I know Him more because it is intimate and I want Him. And all of this is about a relationship, not about your behavior. Stop trying to fix your behavior. Behavioral modification has never worked in the history of Christianity. But when He takes that heart of stone and He makes it a heart of flesh, my goodness, does that work? It's amazing. And when I hunger after him more than anything else, I'll be satisfied. Some of y'all can talk to me in this place. You know the feeling of not being satisfied, don't you? Maybe even this week. Does anybody know the feeling of not being satisfied? Is it just me? The only way that you'll have satisfaction, guaranteed, is the Holy Spirit of God hungering after him. Verse 7. Blessed are those who are merciful because you'll receive mercy. This is, I don't get what I deserve. And so many of us put curses down on people because we forget how amazing the God of the universe is because we don't feel like it that day. Verse 8, the pure in heart. Can I tell y'all that all these build on each other and you'll never have a pure heart until the Holy Spirit of God is filling you on a daily basis and you don't forget Jesus because you didn't feel like it today and you know what you get to do when you have a pure heart you get to see God and do you know how I can see God don't miss this because this is good right here I see God in you I've never seen God in his being that I know of but I've seen you and I've seen the effects of God like the wind blowing and the trees falling down in you because his love never fails never gives up it's amazing. And his steadfast love is new every morning. His mercies never come to an end. Great is his faithfulness in my life. And it's when I take my eye off of him because I don't feel like it today that I don't have a pure heart. Do you know what heart I have? A heart of stone that kills people all around me, that second guesses everything that happens, that looks over my shoulder, that wants that feeling to be good. And I find myself just peeking over at that thing that I never wanted to be again. And then I say, how in the H. Y'all know what I'm talking about because that's what's coming against you. Did I end up here? How did hell get me? And how that word did I get there? Well, can I tell you how? You forgot Jesus. Stop trying to be better. And then he says, blessed are the peacemakers for your sons and daughters of the king. 
and you won't have a peaceful life and you won't want to make peace with your enemies. You'll hate your enemies like the law used to say. And Jesus said at the end of this chapter, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And then the next verse, he says this, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for yours is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you who have people revile and hate and persecute you and, and talk about you falsely. Can anybody in here be honest enough to shout and say something? Whenever you get things said about you, do you not just want to make it right? Do you know who said he'd make it right? Goodness gracious, it's a whole lot better than my mouth, my lips, my fingers, typing something out, writing something out. It's the name above all names. He'd make it right. And you know when he made it right? The day that I said yes to Jesus. He made everything right. He who had no sin became sin so that I could be his righteousness. That word literally means right standing. He doesn't have to make it right with them. You just have to be the Eventually they'll see the light in you and when you're not trying to hate them back and curse them back and I don't feel like it today I'm gonna get them today and when we take days off what we're actually saying is he gave me his light but I'm giving you his darkness he doesn't have darkness that's the enemy and there's no chance that we can get them out there until he's got us in here rejoice so rejoice what are you talking about Jesus you have the blessing you are the blessing and every day that they say things about you and they hate you and they misunderstand you rejoice why because your reward is great in heaven when when I get to heaven and I see my Savior the King of all Kings the commander of heaven's army that's sitting up on his throne I want to look at him and I don't care if he says bro you were a great preacher I want him to say bro you had a pure heart because I know you went out and your heart of stone started melting down and every time I broke you, every time I broke you, every time I broke you, I was bringing you, I was bringing you through that hell and through that pain and through that thing so that you could reach your destiny, your promised land that I put over your life. And even though people misunderstand you, and I'm yours and you're mine. Thank you, well done, son, well done, good and faithful servant. Don't miss this. It's not what you do that gets you a well done. It's what he does in you that gets you well done. And I'm, am I the only one in this house that wants to see Jesus in all his glory? And I just lay it at his feet and I look at the king of all kings. And he says, I love you, daughter. I love you, son. Come on in the house and let's have a party. Not for a couple days, but for the rest of your life. Woo! Come on, somebody. That's good stuff. Because they were persecuted too is what he's saying. Listen, you'll sit by Moses. And you'll sit by Elijah, and you'll sit by John and Peter, and you'll sit by all my bros and all my sisters that came before you. They had the same thing happen to you. Just know this, this is about me, and this is about my kingdom. But guess what? God decided that you were how his kingdom was going to spread, not, not his word. And everybody's asked this question, why didn't Jesus stay? You're the answer. The earth is filled with his glory. That's you. The earth is filled with his blessing. That's you. Most of us pray every day for a blessing, but you are the blessing. I want to teach you this real quick. I want to teach you this real quick. I've already hit on it, so I won't take long. But I want to teach you this real quick. The kingdom is everything. And all of this and everything Jesus said and everything that you will do in your life is, is about the kingdom. Don't miss this. But you get to decide which kingdom it is. Let me show you what I mean. Ephesians chapter 2. This is what Paul said. And you were dead in your sin. 
in which you once walked following the course of this world. Listen, this is what the original language says, the kingdom of darkness, following the prince of the power of the air, the kingdom that Satan leads. The second that I take my eyes off Jesus, I'm building another kingdom. Did y'all know that? I'm built every day of my life that it's not about his kingdom. It doesn't become about me. I think it becomes about me. I live like it becomes about me, but that's the same thing that kicked Satan out of, he out of heaven when he was Lucifer, the head archangel, the one that was above all of worship. The reason God desires your worship is because you took his place. And every time I clap and every time I raise my hands and every time I sing, I'm giving him what he most desires, the voices and the, and the claps and the cries and the reverence and all of those things. King Jesus, I need you more. I don't feel like it today, but I'm going to praise through. Why? Because I have a promised land and I'm going to have, but if I don't, in, that, in those spontaneous times where it feels like in a Rubik's Cube and I don't understand my wife and you came home wanting me to know what you're thinking and I don't know what you're thinking and some of y'all felt that way this morning about God. He loves you so much. And here's what he wants you to know. I just want you to say I love you back. And I want all of you. I'm not asking for part of you. I'm not asking for a cool prayer. I'm asking for your whole heart. Because we follow the kingdom and the spirit that is now in work has made us sons and daughters of disobedience. The next time you say, I don't know how I ended up here, just look at Ephesians 2 too. You're a son and daughter of disobedience the second you take your eye off Jesus because you can't beat it. But you want me to tell you the awesome news? Here's what 1 John 2 says. You can beat it, but it's not you. Don't love the world. Don't love the kingdom of darkness. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That does not mean you're not saved. That means that your relationship has been cut off for a season, for a time, for the time. And, and, and it's, not, it's not like I, I don't know God anymore. It's the fact that I can't talk to Leah. If today I cheated on her, is anybody in this place with me today? I don't think Leah was going to go on ahead of candlelight dinner if I go cheat on her, but every day I cheat on the King of Kings because I look to love something else. He has to be on the throne or the other one, the enemy of this world's on the, the throne as soon as that happens. Then I can't have that intimacy that he desires. This is all about a friendship with God and we've made it all about trying to be good enough. I'm not ever good enough for Leah. She is an amazing catch. If y'all don't know what I'm talking about, just look at my pictures. Woo! My wife is a hottie and I'm so grateful. But she doesn't want me to try to be good enough. She just wants me to love her back. That's exactly what it's like with Jesus. I'll never be good enough for God. But the second I said yes to him, he looked at me and said, what sin, bro? Golly, Pete, that makes me excited. Maybe I'm the only one. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and that covers every one of your sins. And those are all evil spirits. Don't think it's just you. Four chapters later, Paul said, this, this battle isn't yours. This battle is not flesh and blood. This is principalities and darkness. It's spirit. Put on the full armor of God. How do you do that? Fill with his spirit every day. Because these do not come from the Father, but they come from the kingdom of the world. And the result of that is we can never be all that God called us to be. And what's that? Here's how Jesus ended this thought. He said, you're the salt of the earth. But if salt is its taste, because of the kingdom of the power of this world, then you acknowledge me with your lips and you walk out the door and you deny me by your lifestyle. And it would be no different than if I'm ready to salt some food to give it a little seasoning. 
and this baking soda. Is anybody with me in here? That wouldn't go well. I need a little, little salt for my soup. And then all of a sudden you got baking soda up in that mug. It would be like, oops, I did it again, right? That's bad. And that's every day what we look like as followers of Jesus. And we think, if I just follow these rules, I'll be okay. No, you have to have him. It's under his feet. He's given you the keys to his kingdom. But when I take the keys of the kingdom, I put them in my back pocket. I sit down and I start doing my thing. Then I miss the whole point and my salt is dead. And I don't preserve and I don't change and I don't make it beautiful aroma of Jesus. I make it disgusting, vomitous, gross. He never thought that you were vomiting. Gross, disgusting, puke. Like Revelation 3.15 says, I spew you out of my mouth. This is why. He said, I called you to be my kingdom people. I called you. You were the glory of God. And you tried to do it on your own. And you forgot your first love. And this is why. I love you so much. And I just want you to love me back. And he doesn't say throw you out like you're not saved. He says throw you out like there's literally nothing you can do when salt goes bad. But here's the beauty of Jesus. Today... Your saltiness can be so salty that it, it burns and it's beautiful, but it's love. And then here's the next one, and I love this one. It's just you're the light of the world. All of us want to make a difference as a follower of Jesus. I think I can say that with confidence, and if you're not, I got some amazing news in about two minutes. But you'll never make a difference trying to do it on your own. You'll always look back and go, dead gummit. And I'll never love my wife if I have to feel like it consistently as a covenant that I made before God. He made one just like that with my heart. He circumcised me and set me apart in my heart and said, now you're mine. Now you're mine. Now you're one of the sons and daughters of Abraham. I know you're not from Israel. I know you're not Jewish, but now you're one of my sons and daughters because I had this guy named Adam and he came and he messed it all up, but I had a second Adam. Woo! And his name was Jesus and he didn't mess it all up. He took all that mess and he gathered and he put it on his back. He took the weight of the world's sin on his shoulders so that you could be his righteousness. And today, he doesn't look at me at that first Adam. He looks at me as Jesus and says, you're my righteousness because you have my spirit in you. And as a result, I'm, I'm the light of the world. And this is a picture of Safed, the city set on a hill that can't be hidden. And it's standing on the Sea of Galilee looking directly across. It's so beautiful that it's lit up at nighttime. It's the Golan Heights. It's what it's called. And the mountains go all the way to the end of Israel. And when you're looking across at nighttime, you just see this one city right there on the right. And you're like, man, that's, that's so cool because it's just a city set on the hill. I promise you this, no one misses it. Can I promise you something? When you love somebody that doesn't deserve it, no one misses it. They might say that cat's weird. That's okay. He says, I can't get down to my feet. So he says, brush off your sandals. That'll be what I do. Come on, somebody. If they don't want to receive our love, then we keep moving on. We don't hate them. We love them in Jesus' name. But we keep on loving. I don't feel like it today. Keep on loving. You know what he did for me? I bet. I bet. I just bet. Maybe I'm wrong. That when Jesus was down in the garden and he knew that he was about to take on the cross and he knew every one of your sins and he knew how filthy and far from God my heart is and how hard as a rock it was going to be someday. I bet he didn't go. Man, I just had this emotional feeling of I just want to go have nails that are nine inches long pierced through my wrist bones and ankle bones. No, but he did it anyway because he loved you. And in those moments, I'm telling you, that's where the breakthrough really happens. The moment you feel it, 
It's awesome, and I love that. And I, listen, I love the mountaintop, but, but Jesus said, no, nah, we can't stay here. We got to go. We got to go change the world. We got to go. Why? Because you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill can't be hidden. Nor do people, nor do people cover their lights and put it under a basket. We sing songs about this, but stand and put it up like the Statue of Liberty as high as you can and say, I know Jesus and I don't care if you think I'm crazy. I want you to know him. I'm not judging where you are because I know where I was, but I promise you this, there's a destiny and a promised land for you and it only comes through Jesus. And it gives light to my house and it gives light out of my house and it's a city set on a hill and when we do it together, he changes the world. He changes the world, but he chose you. And in the same way, let your light, in the same way, let your light, Come on, somebody, before others, so that they may see your good works. Now, don't miss this. Not so that they see your good works and they say, man, that cat's awesome. But they give glory to God because of what they see in you. Is there anybody else in this place ready to shout to the top of their lungs? Because it's not about me. It's not about what I do. It's about the God of the universe who's in me and who saves me and who loves me. That's what all this has always been about. And those, and those kingdom commandments that he's giving you are promised land, bill of rights. This is who you can be if you decide in your heart to be filled with me and not take your eyes off the prize. This is who you're supposed to be. I don't own a gun, but I'm allowed to own a gun. That's my God-given right as an American. You can hate the Second Amendment. You can love the Second Amendment, but I'm allowed to own a gun. But I'm also allowed to be the righteousness of God if I make the decision. And that's much better than a gun because he protects me way better than that nine ever thought they could. Come on, somebody. Is anybody else ready to say, I will be the righteousness of God, not by my works, not by my power, not by trying harder, not by emotion, but because I'm in a love relationship with Jesus. Man, I'm ready to be the city set on a hill that can't be hidden. I want to know in this house, does anybody else feel like I do when they're tired of that roller coaster? They're tired of, tired of trying to feel their way through. They're tired of trying to be emotional and they're ready to stand to their feet and say, as for me and my house, I will take the king's signet and I will be the righteousness of God, not by my power, but what he does. Stand to your feet if that's what you want, Lord Jesus. In this place, we are ready to change the world, not by what we do, not because a pastor can preach and yells and loses his voice and ready to yell again. He's ready to jump off the stage, but we're ready to make a declaration of independence. We bind the enemy from this place. We bind the enemy from our homes, not by our power, but by Jude 1, the God the Father comes and in Jesus name you bind him out because our word goes forward above us and it's because your spirit is alive in us Lord we we bind every spirit against our homes and we claim our promised land so that many will know the name that's above all names Jesus and somebody in this house said Amen.